0: Welcome to another inspirational message from Northwest Church. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you'd like any more information on what your next step may be, please visit our website at northwestchurch.com.au. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you that you're good. Thank you that you're present. Thank you that you're, you say that this word given to people inspired by you has the ability to change the human heart and transform the human mind. Thank you for that. Thank you for Jesus. He is no ordinary man. He is no great teacher or philosopher. He is the eternal King, the Lord of all. And today we confess in this moment, not just like we will in the moments of eternity that Jesus Christ is Lord and especially Lord of us and on that we hinge everything on that is the anchor to our souls and our surety for eternity and we thank you for that and now I pray you'd take this these words and use them way beyond anything human I could manufacture or create to do good in people's lives in Jesus name amen amen where do you care about what people think where is that for you where do you care about what people think and you know Aussies probably more than many like I don't care what people think think sure we do we care what people think Um, where do you care what people think because I'm absolutely convinced that as we look at the scriptures that we'll see that God wants us to live liberated from that caring what people think and so where is it for you where is it for me it drives so many people's lives in so many ways and on so many fronts. And, and even people who have um, a degree of mastery, I've written, are still subtly affected by it in less immediate, less, less obvious kind of ways. I'll be honest with you that, that I grew up Australian poor. I call it Australian poor because I don't know that when you look at India, which I've been to with Mitch, that anyone's truly poor, um, you know, bar a few people. But, but I, I grew up Australian poor to this day. I dislike wearing old clothes. I mean, I feel uncomfortable. You might look at my T-shirt and go, well, buy a shirt, Darren. <laughs> it's a reasonably new shirt. was an expensive T-shirt, hard for you to believe. But I, I, I don't like to wear old things. It's it's a product of my upbringing where I care a little bit about what people think. And I have to make decisions not to bother. Not to, like, bother, yes, um, and you could help my cause by buying me clothes vouchers. Um, I'll give you the list of shops. Not Lowe's for me, by the way, but maybe for you. They, um, but it's a, if I'm left to myself, I care. How, how, how do, where do you care about what people think? And, and then how do we get free of it? There's this guy, a man in the Bible, his name is Saul, who seemingly had it all going on. I mean, Saul was the man. Um, in 1 Samuel, the Bible says that Saul was head and shoulders above every other person in his nation and that he was good-looking. He looked more like Ryan than he did like me. He was, he was a good-looking guy. He stood out in the crowd. He was strong. He was fit. I don't know who you think of like, when you think of that person. Hugh Jackman of his generation. Let's think there, right? That was Saul. Saul. Saul was the man. Saul was a warrior. The Bible says that thousands were those who had fallen at the sword of Saul. He was a mighty warrior. Warriors were the superheroes of the day. They were the sports legends of his time. He was good looking. He stood out. He was a warrior. And now he was a king appointed by God to lead the people of Israel. Saul had it all going on. If anyone should not care about what anyone else thought, it would be Saul. And Saul's proof to us that if external things could determine how we navigate, how people think about us and how we respond to that if anyone could just live a life that external things could determine that, it was Saul. And yet what we'll find in Saul's story as we look at it in the few moments that we have is that it would determine his decisions and in the end it would define his life, his, his what people thought of him. And for you and I, whether it's a big deal or whether it's a small deal, just getting liberated from that and the ways where we, we attempted to be bound by it. So, so in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verses 17 to 18, the Bible says, Samuel said this, talking to Saul, he's about to nail Saul to the wall for caring too much about what people think. And he says, although you were once small in your own eyes, did you not become the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord, I mean, God anointed you king over Israel and he sent you on a mission. I have three thoughts that I love in this little, that inspire thoughts in me in this passage uh, in terms of being small in his own eyes and all of that. It's content with what people think, whatever that is, comfortable in my skin and confident in my God appointment. Content with whatever people think, who cares, in a good way. Comfortable in my skin and confident in my appointment. By God. Saul had the opportunity to live there, but he didn't quite make it. Like I said, he's a kind of guy who stood out. But what drove his life and what in the end defined his story was that he cared a whole lot about what people thought. So, track with me. I want you to stay with me. I want you to see the end of what happened to Saul. 1 Samuel, chapter 15, verse 22, verse 20. Are we starting from? 22. So, you can follow along up there. Um, But Samuel replied, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination, and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, He has rejected you as king. Then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. I violated the Lord's command and your instructions." Listen to what he says, "'I was afraid of the men, and so I gave in to them. "'Now I beg you, forgive my sins and come back with me "'so that I may worship the Lord.' "'But Samuel said to him, "'I will not go back with you. "'You have rejected the word of the Lord, "'and the Lord has rejected you as king over Israel.' "'As Samuel turned to leave, this is a scary moment, "'Saul caught hold of the hem of his robe and it tore. "'Samuel said to him, "'The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today.' and has given it to one of your neighbours, to one better than you. He who is the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not a human being that he should change it. Samuel, uh, Saul replied, I've sinned, but please honour me before the elders of my people and before Israel. Come back with me so that I may worship the Lord your God. And it ends there. Here's Saul, king of a nation and... king of a nation and... If you read the whole story, he's compromised because of the people. Cares a whole lot about what they think. In fact, um, in another place it says he built like statues to himself. Now, we don't build idols to ourselves, do we? We just buy houses that reflect what we want people to think of us and buy cars maybe that we can barely afford to impress people we barely know. But we don't build statues. Highlight reels on Instagram. Now, I'm all for Instagram. It's a great tool. But you know what I mean and Saul's this guy, and and everything's ripped from him in this moment, and I, I want us to see his end statement, because no matter how much we get, or no matter how much is torn away, that won't change how we respond to, you know, how people think about us. He had everything, he's about to have, or not shortly, but in time he'll have nothing, the kingdom's torn from him, it'll cost him his son as well on the way, but his first response is this, listen to his first response, this is the this is, the, this is the danger of caring too much what people think. Samuel's immediate response, which we just read, is this. I have sinned. I've sinned. Good start. But please honor me before the elders of my people and before Israel. Can you believe that that is his next response? Hey, I get it. You're going to wipe the kingdom away from me. I've got hell to pay. I've compromised over people. Uh, Samuel, given all of that, the one thing I'd like you to do is honor me in front of the people. Now, here is a guy who cared a whole lot about what people thought. And, you know, God's plan is different. God's plan was always better than that, always better for him than that, and better for you and I than that. Um, He covered his actions. You know, he covered his actions as pure and call like in, in motive he said oh look no, no no my heart's good before he said no it's all good I'm actually it's all about God and sometimes the hardest thing for us is to be honest with ourselves hey care what people think you know so I know over the years I've, I've definitely had wrestles with some of that stuff most of us the wrestle comes you know we hear what people say about us whatever and we we have a wrestle with things at different times in our life and people today, we're not that different to them, but we can live overcoming this. And so some people, I said before, have a mortgage more connected to what their, what their friends will think of them than what they can really afford. Now, I'm all for mortgages. I've got multiple mortgages. But I don't want... And, but if you saw the houses that Bron and I have mortgages on, they're pretty humble. They're very humble, actually. <laughs> um, aren't they, Mikey? You lived in one of them. Yeah, It's just above off the street. They are. But the idea that, you know, think about it. There are people who so care what other people think that they're locked into a 30-year mortgage that they can barely afford to impress people they barely know. That's crazy, right? It's soul-like, really, isn't it? It's a bit like sauls like, hey, honours me, even though you're about to destroy me. Um, and so we do it with that. We do it with cars. We do it with e- even simple things which we feel the pressure of. You know, uh, uh, I don't know what it's like in your house, but I'm sure there are some young mums who what they really care about is what their mother thinks or someone thinks about the way they parent. I remember us going through that. The people parenting around us at that time were super organized. Like Dan and Jules are here. I think Jules turned up with perfect, perfectly packaged lunches, everything sorted for the next 16 hours, ration packs if the world blew up, and our kids would arrive at church with no shoes on. And, and people used to literally would say to us, they go, oh, we feel comfortable at your church, we see your kids. and we didn't take it as a compliment you know so they but for us when we were younger that was we we had to work through that because if you care what people think and i was used to order my mum's house was perfectly clean at 10 a.m with the smell of pine clean in the air it's not that different (laughs) yeah it's a sign of heaven what people think of us what so so where do you struggle with that and and why does that matter to you where does it for me and why does that matter to me I think what God wants for us, and this is what I want to talk about, he wants us to get content with whatever people think. Because people are going to have opinions. Man, I'm a, I, I now am amused by some of the opinions people have on me, if I'm honest with you. I'm like, really? Oh, whatever. The guy a little while ago saying, Darren's like the, posted on Facebook, Darren's like the Hillsong of Tamworth. He wants all your money. Yeah, true. Imagine I was affected by what people say. You know, I, I knew the guy, so I rang him. I said, hey, listen, I don't care if you leave it up there, but will you pull it down for the sake of your children? Because they're out of church and based on what you're saying, they'll never be back in church. So I don't care if they go to our church or someone else's church, but have some thought for their eternity, will you? And he pulled it down. But imagine I got upset about that. There was a time when I would have. We learn and we grow and content with whatever people think. What a great place to live, comfortable in our skin, confident in our God appointment. I'll talk about the back two next time, but today let's talk about this. And here's the thing. The thing that gets us us living comfortable with this is not necessarily what we think. And so I want to give you something I think that's not immediately obvious to be helpful, but is extremely powerful. And it's this, it's a move, it's a shift from being an image creator or image carer, because some people aren't creating or crafting an image, are they? They don't believe they're worth anything. And that's as much a lie as the person trying to craft or create their image, you know, and how glorious they are. Both are equally damaging based on what people think or what we perceive people think. So a shift from being a crafter or a carer of what people think to an image bearer of Christ. An image bearer. See, my life is not meant to be a highlight reel shown on Instagram, it's meant to be a mirror of the king and his name is Jesus. And this is liberating in our lives because it takes all the pressure off. If I take all the pressure off what I need to be and who I need to become and the postcode I live in, the car I drive, the clothes I wear you know, all of that kind of stuff. If, if I take my eyes off of that and focus my attention on doing what the Bible says for believers and becoming an image bearer of Jesus, someone who reflects who he is, if I take all the time, energy, emotion, you know, turmoil, everything that gets caught up in what people think of me and if I take that time, energy, effort and etc., and turn it into just being an image bearer going, I want to be made more like Jesus, wow, that'll be a game changer for me. That'll be a game changer for you. But Saul never went there, he never got there, he, he just wasn't up for it. But it can change our lives. Have you ever been told that you look like someone? Act like someone, sound like someone, maybe a parent? Some of you, the easiest way to get you cranky is if your spouse says, you're just like your mother. Right? True story, hey? Yeah. In case my dad's listening, that would never happen in our family, just so you know. Um, but you know what I mean? Some of you look like... Brian, I reckon, have you ever seen The Hunger Games? Yes. One of the great movies of all time. Yeah, some of you are offended by that movie. They, one of the great movies of all time. I reckon, um, what's her name? Jen Lawrence. When she's sad, like that emotion emotional look, she looks like my wife. You watch next time you watch it. She looks like Brian. You watch. You and I, we look like someone, we sound like someone. I, my, my, my nephew um, was with my youngest brother, who's 28, and his son's a redhead, but even though they're not, which is kind of crazy, but he, um, he had a, uh, my, my brother was sick, and he got out of the car at the shops last week, and his son said to his mum, he said, so he's all a bit gravelly, and he said, mum, mum, dad, dad sounds just like Uncle Dazza, and uh, he was thrilled, and <laughs> some of you think I sound like a pirate, right, so yeah, it is what it is, they... But what God wants is for us to look, sound, and act like Jesus, right? To not be worried about being image crafters, but to do the hard work of becoming, or the good work of becoming, an image bearer. it's a life changer. It's a game changer for, for all of us. A likeness made into Christ's image, transformed, to be continually transformed into His likeness. And in this life, to have an occupation of serving and representing Him in the world. And you go, well, how is this connected to what people think about me? Stay with me. Image bearers start where Jesus started, Philippians chapter 2. So we need to change Bibles. We can get rid of that one and put that under the seat there, Vic. Look at that. That was like a smooth transition. Philippians chapter 2, it might come on the screen um, behind me, verse 3. Verse 3 says, different, slightly different version. So, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationship with one another, listen to this, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by being obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and with trembling. Jesus comes along, and he lives this life. And the Bible says here that he is an image bearer of the Father. He reflects the image of the, the Father. And then he left his people to have the same focus. And he said, hey, go and do likewise. What you've seen in me, now you go and be. And he says, go and, go and be image bearers. The Bible says it this way. Think of yourselves the way Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantage of that status no matter what, not at all. When the time came, he set aside privilege of deity and took on the status of a slave, became human. And I think for us, just going, hey, you know, I don't care what people think of me. I'm here to serve Jesus. He wasn't trying to be anything. He wasn't trying to be anyone, quite the opposite. He laid it all down to come and serve. Image bearing starts with what Jesus modeled, which is humility. And I think, I don't know about you, I think humility is as attractive as um, striving is ugly. I am by nature a striver. I want things to happen way quicker on every front than they do. The only thing I want to go slower is time and my weight upwards. Everything else, I want it to move. I want it to move fast. But striving's ugly. Humility chooses to be content with becoming nothing rather than invested in being something. What a great way to live. chooses to be content with being nothing, being no one, Uh, and, and invested not invested in being something not that we are nothing it's quite the opposite that's the beauty of this humility doesn't undervalue itself it simply highly values others it it um i love this let me put it to you like this so this is a king who gets anointed and appointed follow the scene that we read in samuel the very next king then king david went in and sat before the lord and he said who am i sovereign lord and what is my family that you have brought me this far He's a king by this stage. And as if that were not enough in your sight, sovereign God, you have also spoken about the future of your house and what will come and it goes on. I I love this. Saul's building monuments to himself and the next king saying, who am I, God, that you would be this good to me? Who am I? Not in a way. David was equally, and we'll come to it next time, he was equally comfortable in his skin. He was equally confident in his God appointment. But at the core of his being... He was, just had a humble spirit. Who am I? I think that's a great place as an image bearer to go, who cares? I don't care what people think of me. Who am I? But a human being with breath for a while, grace to live on the planet under the goodness and good hand of God, just to live with humility before him. I've written here, probably alluded to this. Number two is um, choose not to care until it really doesn't matter. I mean, that's what the impression Jesus gives me in that passage. He just Jesus, he's just choosing not to care. And for him, it really didn't matter what other people think. And um, I know that that's not easy for everybody. In fact, I don't know that it's easy for most people, right? And and the problem with this is that you can have an overreaction. um, Like, oh, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, please understand me. That's not what I'm saying. There are people who, by their not caring, have just created a different image haven't they? You know what I mean? Like you can all picture the image. I can think of someone who's in total rebellion, doesn't care, probably dressed in completely in black, right? You know, we've got the image going on. There's a few other things physically you can notice. It, it's not the answer either. It's just image creating in rebellion. We're not talking about that. We're talking about like choose not to care until it really doesn't matter. Um, until it's not, it's not this reaction living, it's a victory. What God wants for us is I don't care what people think of me in a healthy way because people do have opinions. People are saying things. People will think things. I remember when um, Bron and I decided to move to Tamworth, the person who'd pretty well trained me said, oh, Darren, you shouldn't do that. You're not even called to do that. It'll never work. He said, if you do go, and I was, he said, if you do go, put your head down, work hard for a few years, It's a graveyard, and then get out of there. What do you do with that? I don't care what you say. I'm confident in God, comfortable in my skin. I'm not going to hear that into my life. And just going, you know what, I'm going to make that decision until it becomes, now I have to watch it the other way, that I just don't dismiss it, because I'm like, ah, whatever. But where, where are you at for you? Some of us need to pull it back and care a bit. But, but you know what I mean? Just go, I, I I'm not going to be bound by what people think. I'm not going to let people's opinions be defining in my life. I'm not going to let that define like Saul, the decisions I make and the story I create. It's not going to work like that. I'm not going to be locked into a mortgage that I can't really afford for 35 years because I care what people think. I'm not going to buy a car that in 10 years isn't worth anything because I care what people think. I'm not going to, you know, I I, I don't know if you ever see it, maybe this is you. I'll meet some people sometime and I'll say, and you get to the inevitable question, what do you do? And I see some people, if they're a professional, they're like super eager to tell you what they do. But if someone works like a regular job, some people are almost apologetic. Let's not care. Man, you're out there making a living. You're working hard. Providing for your household, building your future, paying the bills. That's a good thing. Let's not care what people think. Let's not let that define our decisions or, or, or our mood. You know, like just shrinking back, becoming smaller, not defining my behavior, not affecting my mood, not dictating my decisions, not informing my future. Choose not to care until it grows into it. doesn't matter. It's a great place to live. We've got no axe to grind. We've got no point to prove. I love what the Apostle Paul says. It matters very little to me what you think of me, even less where I rank in your popular opinion. He's speaking to the church. I don't even rank myself. Comparisons in these are pointless. What's the point of all this comparing and competing? Love that. Don't you love that? How freeing is that? Bron could feel pressure that I'm a way better preacher than her. Bron could feel that pressure. (laughs) And she may, and you may have to pray for her. But she doesn't no, we know that's not true right but but let's say it was true let's say you know I regularly have people say to me regularly have people say to me um oh your wife's a way better preacher than you I go I know I trained her you know. <laughs> so, they um just on Monday I was doing a thing for our, our ACC state executive and um there was this thing it was complicated and so I got Bron to help me and that was fine and, actually and anyway long story and so when I got on they said oh Darren can you just walk us through the update walk us through the email and and there's a few guys on the zoom call and and I said yeah yeah I said look I just want to qualify I I didn't write this email and I didn't do the work and they all laughed they went yeah we knew that like (laughs) true story just got to get comfortable in your skin. And if you do, it's like that. The good thing is you offload work all the time you get out of it. Just get comfortable in our skin. Don't care so much what people think. Mike Kramer's upstairs this morning. Imagine he cared what people think. Mike Kramer can Bible teach the, the roof off of this place. Mike Kramer has a master's in theology. He's a professional psychologist. The head of the psychologist in his, the firm that he works for. He knows more about the Bible. He could do three minutes on the Bible better than I could do three years. And yet he's upstairs. He come and got my Bible verses off me. Imagine he cared what people thought. But because he's liberated, he can do anything because of the last thing this links to, and that is we do it for an audience of one. This is easy to say and hard to live. An audience of one. This is such a liberating thought in being an image bearer, not an image carer an audience of one. There's so much I want to happen, not all of it's of a pure motive. But then when I strip it back and go, no, no, God, this is about you and me. This is about what you want, not about feeding anything that's inside of me. I'm here to serve you. And regularly pray that prayer and go, God, I'm here to serve you. Acts 13, 36. I'm here to serve your purpose with my life. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Someone said recently, Tamworth, why why would anyone go to Tamworth? That place is dead. Well, I'll tell you what, there's plenty of resurrected people in Tamworth. There's plenty of people's lives changed by the gospel, and there's still thousands of people to reach. No, no, I don't do it for him. I don't do it to impress people. You don't either. We do it for an audience of one. His name is Jesus. And if we can get that on the inside of us, it doesn't matter, right? We can live in a big house. We can live in a great house if that's what we can afford. Hope you can. You can drive a great car. Meadorma Dorma could give her Range Rover away to someone in desperate need if she really wanted to. Who knows what you might do at some point in the future, Meadorma? Dorma. I think all those things are awesome. I really do. But what we want to live is for an audience of one. His name is Jesus. Man, you're already, I'm sure, if you're a parent, you're probably already doing your best. He's not a critic. He's not looking on going, mate, you are hopeless. No, no, Jesus is whispering in the ear. The Bible says he stands in the Father's presence moment by moment, petitioning for the saints. He's not critical. He's going, man, you just keep going. You just keep trusting me. You just keep the building the word of God into your little kids. You just keep going. I know it's tough right now, but I've got this. Don't listen to the voices outside. Don't listen to someone who's saying you're not that good. Don't listen to the, even the inner voices saying that. Really it says to me, is Tamworth too small? Really? Is Tamworth really too small? No, of course not. People look at your house, maybe it's simple. Who cares? Your car's old? Who cares? Clothes are worn out? Who cares? because we live for an audience of one. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring faith or a follower of Jesus, there is a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued, and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to northwestchurch.com.au. And thanks again for listening.